to the Lightly Literary Podcast, the Thoughtful Book Club podcast featuring two friends. I'm Travis, joined as always by my co-host Amanda. Hey Amanda. Hello. Welcome back to the frontier of book clubs and literature, I suppose. It's about as western as it's going to get in here. <laughs> Do you have your spurs yep. ready? Always. Cowgo- <laughs> cowboy boots. Is it would say cowgirl boots. That feels insulting. Do we move past yeah. that? Should I stop just yeah. amending, affixing girl to things and making it equal? <laughs> cowgirl. Cow person boots. Yeah, cowgirl <laughs> boots. Cool. Yeah, how cool is that? It's lame. Anyway, <laughs> if you're wondering why we're talking about cowboy and western stuff, that's because you've stumbled upon a book recommendation episode for the novel True Grit by Charles Portis. Today we will be trying to persuade you to read the book with us over the next two weeks and recommending the book, talking very broadly about what it's about, so we won't be spoiling any Anything. These episodes are intended for first-time listeners or for people who are just curious about what the book is about. So again, True Grit by Charles Portis. That's what we'll be persuading you to read today. Hopefully, effectively. We'll see. We are, as I mentioned, the Lightly Literary Podcast. We have social media feeds up at Facebook and Instagram under that name, all one word, the Lightly Literary Podcast. So follow us there. We post about our books that we've read there and do some updates and keep the schedule on track and everything. We also have... I mean, I guess I would say feeds up at just about every podcast platform. So if you found this on Apple or Spotify or anywhere, really, we appreciate ratings, recommendations. Feel free to recommend us to friends, family, whoever in your life needs a thoughtful book to read, basically. Let's jump into True Grit. Amanda, this was a prompt you gave me. What was the prompt? Uh, I asked you to choose a book with a female lead written by a male author. And a devilish task it was. This was not easy. (laughs) This was not easy. (laughs) For as poor a reputation as many fail, uh, famous rather, fail. I was going to combine famous and male. So fail voices, yes, failure. (laughs) No, but kind of fail. (laughs) I keep wanting to say that word now. It's, what is that, a portmanteau or something? As many famous men who have written women are, and there are so many of them, the lead was the thing that tripped me up here. It's it's really remarkable to find how few of those there are, and if they do exist, they can be controversial. So, not an impossible task, but the one, so far this is the prompt I thought about the most and had to search through lists and do a lot of online research. Again, there's there's options out there, but I just didn't find, you know, we also compare in the background like what kinds of books we read, where the authors are from, the topics of interest. So it was just trying to triangulate all that anyway. And I stumbled upon True Grit, which is by Charles Portis and features Maddie, a 14-year-old, I think, right? 14? I think she's 14, yeah. 14-year-old girl is the main character. So that fit the bill. And I think it went really well. We'll get into the recommendation now full full on. But yeah, that was the prompt, and that's what I chose, and it took a good amount of research. At least I stuck to the prompt this time, Amanda, so are you going to compliment <laughs> me for that at least? <laughs> yep. Yeah, way, to, way to follow directions, <laughs> Travis. Yay. I'm patting myself on the back. So anyway, if you hear that, that's what that is. Let's move to our first segment in the recommendations, which is a rapid-fire recommendation. This is when each of us have prepared a fill-in-the-blank for who should read this book. We will discuss these pretty quickly and give a broad sense of who we think would get a lot out of reading True Grit by Charles Portis. Amanda, you should throw your first one out there. Uh, you should read this book if you enjoy Backtalk. Yeah. The lead character is incredibly impossibly sassy and it's extremely satisfying to read it's hilarious 
She's a blast to hang out with for 250-odd pages, and it's an incredibly well-realized voice. I don't know if any of the films of True Grit have perhaps captured it as well as the, as the page does. So, I, And I even remember the Coen Brothers version. I remember liking it and thinking that the lead actress in it, who is now become very famous, Haley Steinfeld, she's like in the MCU now and is coming up as kind of a big person in the world anyway in acting. But it, I d- don't remember her being this good or funny, so... Yeah, perfect description. I think you should read this book. If you don't, do not typically read or watch westerns. Yeah, it's a, it's a great way to uh, put your toe into it, as it, as it were. Um, it's not overly westerny either. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was. Yeah, I liked it. Um, you should read this book if you like historical references. Yeah, and it it keeps it pretty light, but it's just enough to let you know it's thoughtful, is how I guess I would put it, or frame it. You can definitely read the book and enjoy it without Googling things, as I'm assuming most readers would have to do. There are some allusions to certain presidents or political movements or laws that maybe would be lost on a lot of people, but if you do some light Googling, it helps. It's just not required, especially since the literary voice is so strong. I think you should read this book if you like a main character and narrator with a loud personality. Loud is perfect for Maddie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What a great way to describe her. Yeah, her personality is so strong, and it definitely draws you throughout the entire novel. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Um, You should read this book if you enjoy snappy dialogue. Yeah, they ban- there's a lot of banter. Maddie, the lead character, especially gets off a lot of insults and has many comebacks waiting for various characters throughout the story. I think, I guess I don't want our review or recommendation to make it sound like she overshadows the other characters because there are a few other people in the story worth thinking about, worth talking about, and we do a lot of that in the episodes. So that's the only kind of warning I'd give. Uh, mine is similar. I think you should read this book if you enjoy a good bit of sass. And it's not just Maddie, too. Yeah. Rooster does it, too. So, yeah. Um, You should read this book if you have a special fondness for negotiation. It's a really specific one. (laughs) But it would be, yeah, the first half of the story especially includes a good amount of that. I almost don't want to say more to veer off into spoilers, so to speak. But, yes, I'll just leave it at that. It's a good description. I think you should read this book if you – and this will be interesting because ours are kind of different a little. I put you should read this book if you flunked out of AP U.S. history or you slept through it. Yeah, I think that ties in with the idea that there are a lot of historical references. um, And it doesn't matter if you don't know it because all it does is just it's it's meant to help uh, help you understand Maddie as a character. Mm -hmm. So. I don't think it's necessary, and and if you want to, you can look it up and learn something. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You should read this book if you have total faith in your lawyer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or uh, let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna quarterback this and say, or I'm gonna amend it to say, if you've ever sincerely been speaking with someone and name dropped your lawyer or threatened them with your lawyer. I don't know how you haven't read this book then, because you've got a sympathetic spirit in Maddie, for sure. I don't... I I also hope in my personal life, maybe this is me revealing too much of myself, I just hope I never have a friend who does that, ever. I hope I never meet someone ever in my entire life who references their legal representation in common conversation. (laughs) But anyway, it's a a great one. My final one is I think you should read this book if you want a book that will grasp your attention and won't let go. 
so true. Like this book was so easy to read, such a fast read. It's uh, it's such a gripping book. So great. Yeah. 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 Easy to hold on to this one. All right. Let's move to our next segment, which are called reading similes. This is when we compare reading this book to something else. I'll take on the first one today. So I made you go first on the other one. I, this one, I don't know. I hope this doesn't come across negatively because these have kind of a negative connotation these days, but there was a five-year period, the halcyon days of TED Talks, when they were considered kind of cool and and interesting and innovative and fresh or whatever. I think those days have passed, but my simile is that reading this book is like listening to a TED Talk. So again, in the non-negative way, maybe five, ten years ago this was true, it's a very brisk read, it's enlightening, it has very interesting points of view to convey, and it's really not overbearing. It's a mental treat, is what I'll say, and it it gives a lot more than it asks of, of you to kind of engage with it so it's it's both breezy but also has some surprising depth to it and i think at their best that's kind of what ted talks were i think the problem with ted talks of course became that people read them as profound statements of inalterable truth and then the reputation maybe outgrew its intention which was like to pique your interest and then leave you to to push you in a direction to go learn more and i think a lot of people started taking ted talks as the end and not the beginning which became the problem (laughs) anyway that's a long rant about ted talks but this is a brisk enlightening book that doesn't demand much of you it's like you check in with this it'll make you feel good and smart and it's funny and interesting and then you know you don't have to spend hours pouring over it yeah that's uh pretty much what i said except instead of ted talks i said uh, reading this is like listening to a favorite podcast oh, yeah. with hosts who are friends in real life. There's a lot of rich dialogue. There's banter, insights, allusions to past events, etc. And it's all great to listen to because the format is entertaining. Yeah, and it's based on familiarity, kind of casual. It's all a bit casual, right? I guess they're, the narrative and scripted podcasts have taken off a bit, so that, that is a category that defies that slightly. But I think I agree on the whole, right. though, that that is yeah. that is kind of the objective, so to speak. So, yeah, that's really well put, well said. Any other thoughts on those two similes? I think it's it's interesting that we both chose speaking ones, and I think that's because this novel is so heavily dialogue-driven. Mm-hmm, yeah. So. Yeah, but not as much as Evelyn Hugo was, though. At least in my mind, I don't like it, every time Natty narrates. It feels like dialogue, but it's not. <laughs> That's maybe right. part of it. It's anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. It is dialogue driven, no question. It's also heavily narrated by in the first person, which mm-hmm. co- colors everything that's on the page. <laughs> so yeah. and, there's and that. The narration fits with the dialogue. So for it's... sure, for sure. There's no weird juxtaposition there. Yeah, it all exactly. works well. Okay, let's move into our final two segments for this recommendation first we'll do the scripted pitch this is we a pre-written and pre-prepared piece of writing too many p alliterations there (laughs) but we have each (laughs) written up something that we will use to try and persuade you to read it what you know summarizing what we liked about it amanda why don't you do your scripted pitch first It's okay if you're not familiar with Westerns or even if you dislike Westerns. True Grit is, yes, a Western in its setting, but don't expect the usual tropes in this novel except maybe a shootout or two or maybe three. Um, The narrator is wonderfully developed, which is surprising considering this is a Western written by a male author. Two components that have in many other novels proven to fail to accurately or even flatteringly depict female characters. 
In fact, it is Portis's ability to emphasize the complexities of his characters and the realities of the Wild West that really make this novel a gem. And he even does most of the heavy lifting with perfunctory dialogue that doesn't fail to entertain. Not to mention the insights that Portis gifts his narrator as she shares her knowledge of politics and the law alongside her opinions of society and government. This is a fun and clever read that will not disappoint. Yeah, that's incredibly true. It it, it is entertaining on almost every page. A very yeah. difficult thing to do in a book that also rewards careful reading and sort of close inspection of some of the decisions. And it's, I don't know, it relies so much on character and it delivers with basically every character in the story, right? Yeah, and, and it's wonderful that not only is the character characterization so spot on, but that it, he doesn't sacrifice the, the plot, the action in right, order to right. just delve into that. It's it's he balances it really well. Yeah, and maybe we bring that back then again to the narration. That it because mm-hmm. Maddie is narrating it throughout, even the action scenes have little quips in them or reflections or digressions. So I think that helps yeah. a ton. This is uh, my scripted pitch. It is the sad but honest truth that you just don't get many narrators as compelling and rich as Maddie Ross. This 14-year-old won't take any shit and will dish it out as she sees fit, and that is her defining ethos. Honestly, I'll admit that it was just good luck that your challenging prompt for this book resulted in this read, which is very fun and enticing. Like, as I mentioned earlier, there's just really not a rich literary tradition of men writing women in as main as the main character, the focal point. Um, but traditions be damned, because Portis concocted something really genius and incredible in, in a slim novel, too, which is impressive. We've grown to appreciate small, slim books written confidently and packed with ideas, which, you know, I think back of, like, Toni Morrison fits that bill. Thankfully, this yep. book also fits that description to the T. There are close observations of trust, justice, and family loyalty within, and Maddie's intense but funny narration keeps things light, even as the action intensifies, and it really does pulling no punches, so to speak. It can be quite intense, and it is a drama through and through. We've covered a few masterpieces on the podcast. Like I've mentioned, Toni Morrison and The Bluest Eye does stand out in that regard. But we've also discovered some authors that we were ashamed to have never read or heard of before. Louisa Erdrich comes to mind in that one. At least I'll, I'll say that that comes to mind for me. And I sure. think that this book by Charles Portis can be put in both of those, too. It feels comfortably like a masterpiece of a certain kind. And also, I'd never read his books before. So I think it's mm-hmm. it's kind of pulling double duty in that sense. It's a quite an easy recommendation to make, whether or not in uh, Maddie's approximated verbiage here, you give a lick about Westerns or not. It's an e- easy recommendation. For sure. Yeah, I would recommend this to anyone. Yeah, yeah. Any final thoughts on, on those reflections, I guess? No, this is. I I think that too. This is a master work as well, and apparently there he he wrote a couple of other novels that were, um, just as well received as True Grit, which I'm Mm -hmm. I'm really interested in reading as well. Yeah, for sure. I would read. It's kind of like Erdrich in that way. I would pick up another of their books without really any hesitation or even questions at all. (laughs) It's just sort of like, yeah, okay, give me literally anything. At this point, I trust you. I, I feel entrusted into your literary hands, sort of. Because yep. when you see something this well done and thoughtful, it's hard to then say, well, I'm sure every everyone has down moments of creativity, but it's it just gives such confidence that there's got to be other gems that they've written. So, 
yeah. for sure. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Okay. Our final segment today will be a quote for clarification. Each of us is going to read one quote from the novel and just explain why we chose it, why we liked it so much. Perhaps if it represents something about the author's style or the book itself, we'll explain that for you. Do you want to go first or I'll, you know, I'll go first. I made you read that one first. So I'll take my quote away. Yeah. I chose maybe for the first time, the opening paragraph of this book. What do you think about that? <laughs> It makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It opens with an incredibly potent voice, uh, and it's incredibly clear what the mission is or the objective is. So let me just read the first paragraph from this novel. People do not give it credence that a 14-year-old girl could leave home and go off in the wintertime to avenge her father's blood, but it did not seem so strange then, although I will say it did not happen every day. I was just 14 years of age when a coward going by the name of Tom Chaney shot my father down in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and robbed him of his life and his horse and $150 in cash money, plus two California gold pieces that he carried in his trouser band. And the next, the next paragraph starts, here's what happened, and then she goes on. A lot of little things to unpack here in her voice. She it can be redundant and a bit long-winded. You know, she hedges a couple times there as people do not give it credence. And, you know, she says then it did not so, seem so strange. Although I did, will say it did not happen every day. She has this odd way of not going back against herself because she has such strong convictions and is very doggedly determined to not only fulfill her revenge mission, but just be the person she is. She doesn't want to compromise really for anybody. But she does have odd moments where she reveals her herself it's, it's a more complex narration than just here's a sassy funny person though it is a lot of that to be fair but it yeah. i think if you want to poke at this or if you want to take a really close read a magnifying glass as it were to this book it does hold up to that and provides especially the way it concludes with her version of the story concludes it it does complicate some things or provides a couple different ways to read it which i really appreciate that quote hints at that too she also mentions of course you know, that the coward by the name Tom Cheney, it's not her best zinger. I really was going to pull a quote where she made fun of someone or, you know, had a retort to something. <laughs> but I just thought this setup, it's also very clear, I guess. That's the only other reflection I'll give on this. It, the transitions in the story, the way the plot moves forward, it's just so clear. It's a person who, yeah. you know, Maddie, the person who wants to narrate this with the utmost simplicity and directness. And so the whole book reads this way and it's interspersed with a lot of humor, a lot of kind of intensity and reflection. And so it just never really lets up. It's just so readable is my final thought. I, I like the description of sim simple in that her, this is such a great introduction to her voice as a narrator and even like her dialogue, like we said earlier reflects the narrative voice as well as it's yeah. the same yeah and um which is really nice and and it's she is the 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 transitions between her ideas are very simple they're very basic it just is there in order to move on to the next thing which is not surprising considering this is supposed to be a 14 year old girl um narrating it as an adult yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she <laughs> she is true. thinking back it's it, she as she does narrate it and sort of reflects on this time it's and you brought up comments I think it was in book club 1 that were very insightful in this regard but it's 
it's just pretty clear that she thinks this story deserves to be told, but she has no sense of literary voice, which is kind of the humor in it too, where she, she at some point does a digression about how she's been rejected for magazines. And you just think like, well, yeah, cause you can't, yeah. you couldn't publish this in a magazine or in a, a newspaper. <laughs> I mean, it's just not, you're not writing it like that. You sound absurd and you know, so oh, not braggadocious, but I don't know. It, it's a perfect as a novel, but of course seeing a character think I deserve to be published is hilarious with this voice it, it is uh, that was one of my favorite things like yeah the, the really long paragraph long title of the article that she wanted yeah, to submit. yeah and that was so good uh, <laughs> but also it shows like the um what i liked about this paragraph too the first paragraph is that it points out that this character this female character is not going to be the type of female character that's typically portrayed in westerns specifically she's not going to be this homebound domesticated woman who who might have some backbone but only when it comes towards like her children and her man yeah right? this yeah. is somebody who is out in the world and seeking actual like blood vengeance and stuff so right um, right you know immediately that this female is going to be treated differently than uh, females in in other westerns yeah i can picture the cliche you're talking about of a strong woman with braids who is like in her on her porch and shoots somebody because right. it's like that's my home <laughs> it's exactly. this is definitely right. not that yeah she's not making yep. biscuits and then shooting someone in the afternoon like <laughs> she's <Right. laughs> she's out there on her donkey trying to get justice so <laughs> yeah uh, yep. yeah and how about for your quote um i chose my quote from page 81 uh, and this is an exchange between Maddie, the the narrator, and one of the other characters, Labeef, or Labuff. Um, Labuff. And yeah, he's he's says to her, "Criminal investigation is sordid and dangerous, and is best left in the hands of men who know the work." And she responds, "I suppose that is you. Well, if in four months I could not find Tom Cheney with a mark on his face like banished Cain, I would not undertake to advise others how to do it." Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I chose that one because of um, two reasons. Uh, well, maybe three reasons. One is that she, even though she's a 14-year-old girl, this is a grown man she's talking to. Um, and she has no fear yeah, yeah. in just voicing her opinions and, and back-talking whenever she wants to. She's just like, she has her own sense of self, and she's not going to take anything from anyone. Um, and she also, the, the mention of Cain, banished Cain she there's a lot of biblical references she is um all about the Presbyterian church <laughs> uh-huh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um but so that's an example of like kind of what she sprinkles her her narrative and her dialogue with is references to um uh, allusions to bible to law and to um political figures and um this is just a great example of like how she just back talks and it's so funny <laughs> mm -hmm. it's yeah it, and it's almost like we're faced with a contradiction here not a contradiction but a conflict which is we could pull some of the funnier quotes but it's best to find them as they come you know it's best to let yeah. her speak for herself and that's part of what we do on these recommendations we're not here to spoil whatever that means to you as a listener i think that means frankly different things to different people for some it's the plot for some it's in talking about the best moment or the coolest or funniest or whatever moment but yeah so there's other quotes that we could pull she has funnier moments but i think the formality of that quote is perfect and yeah she just always has a retort she's never going to be silenced so yep. <laughs> yeah yep. yeah yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> Excellent. Well, I assumed, as we tend to, we went brief on this one, but I had assumed we would do as much because we tend to not linger on the books that we love. Any final That's thoughts true. on True Grip by Charles Portis? No, it's so great. Yeah, we'll leave the lingering discussions for the book clubs, which, you know, those are the normal length. We have plenty to say about the book itself, so, and its complexities and the interesting things about it. But for this recommendation, yeah, I don't think we need to go on very much. There's no qualification. Anyone can and would like this book. Literally just yeah. about anybody who likes reading things <laughs> all right well we do have other books coming up if we weren't able to persuade you today then our apologies and we'll try better next time uh we do have as i mentioned other books coming up amanda do you want to announce them briefly yes um so all three are novels uh so the next one is going to be nice. Homegoing by yacht jesse and you spell her last name g-y-a-s-i then we'll do they both die at the end by adam silvera and finally we'll do something wicked this way comes by ray bradbury yeah, a nice bevy of novels to, for us, end the year, for the listeners, who knows when, probably to start the year for the listeners. <laughs> We're about a month and a half ahead, so for them, we'll be starting the year with some novels. Excellent. And no final thoughts you said on True Grit? Um, no, other than um, the, the first half that we'll be doing in... Ooh, yeah. Yeah, in the novel, so our first episode about the, the actual book club... I think we decided to call it, like, the, the river crossing, the there, crossing. Yeah, there is only one, now that we finished the novel, we can say it with a lot more confidence, there's only one, like, river fairy crossing in this whole book, and when you yeah. finish that scene, that's where we stopped, basically. Because there's, yeah. frustratingly, the only criticism of the book I can have is there's no, there's page numbers, but different editions, and there's no chapters or anything. It's It has mm -hmm. sections that aren't labeled, and so are numbered, <laughs> so, yeah. But that's where we ended. It's, it's just about halfway through. We always try and split the book as as close to in half as we can for episode one so very well said the ferry crossing if you finish that scene you'll be caught up with us excellent cool and if no final thoughts um we have been as always the lightly literary podcast i mentioned this at the top but i'll close by mentioning follow our social media accounts on facebook and instagram we always appreciate that whatever podcast platform you listen to this on rate and review and share with friends and family whomever in your book uh, in your life i was just saying your book needs a read in your life needs a read <laughs> or a book recommendation if you're inside of a book please contact us as soon as possible <laughs> we will be as of as much assistance as we can and until we rescue you from the depths of your literary purgatory we'll see you between the pages